Hello everyone and welcome to the Top Gear magazine podcast and the latest in our series of podcasts um, called Everything You Need to Know About insert name of car here. Now, loosely, we're basing this around cars that we've driven various generations of, but also we've run on the long-term fleet, cars that we have like proper experience of living with and running with, and we know all the features, but also to give you a bit of the history and a bit of the bloodline behind the model. So this time round, the Mercedes G-Wagon is going to be the car that we're going to teach you everything you need to know about. G-Class, they will like you to say. The G-Swag. The (laughs) G-Swag. There are many names for this car. Perhaps we'll get there. Um, In terms of the format of this, well, we ask our SEO team beforehand to pull the questions that the internet is asking most about this particular car. So they run it through a special system. I'm not entirely sure how it works. It's called Google. (laughs) What a novel invention. Um, And then present us with the six, in this case, six most asked questions about the Mercedes G-Wagon slash G-Class. So that's where we're going to start with this. In the studio, we have Tom Ford, Ollie Marriage, and Rowan Horncastle, and myself, obviously. Um, Collective brain power is off the charts in here, boys. Well, no, we had to bring Wookie in. He's the only human with a diff lock. So he's uh, he's he's come in. I've got three, one at the top, one in the middle, (laughs) one at the bottom. Lovely. So actually, uh, in a beautiful segue from that interruption to my intro that you you gave me with the G-Class thing, the first question, the question the internet wants to know most, what's the meaning behind the name? I think there's a sort of literal one here and then we can maybe expand into the... And you've got to do it in the accent. (laughs) Okay. Galandavagen. Galindavagen. Galindavagen was what it was called originally, which I believe translates literally as off-road vehicle or cross-country vehicle. I think it's literally that simple. Why are you looking at me? He's right. (laughs) You you were just nodding going, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." I do GCSE German, so I have no idea. It's very literally named. That's Uh, all I'm going to say. Okay, it's very literally. It's like calling the Mercedes car that can go off-road. What other nicknames? What other names have we got for it? So G-Wagon... It was shortened to G-Wagon, wasn't it, Mm -hmm. when it went on sale? Which was, what, 1979, the first one came out? First passenger cars were sort of 1979, but the concept for it was around since the early 70s, so 72, 73. Yeah. I do believe. As a the, military vehicle. Though. Yeah, and it was called lots of different things. Weirdly, um, it was a Steyrpuk, Putsch, um, who did a lot of off-road stuff at that time. It was rebadged. And um, a Peugeot, I do believe. It was badged a Peugeot at one point. Wow. Um, which is, which is really odd. But it yeah. was originally a military sort of Land Rover-y type thing. Yes, yeah, so it was the Shah say- of Iran who wanted one, who came up with the idea. He it? suggested it, yeah. I do believe. Uh, and then wasn't the first person to buy them. So he just suggested it. And then it, <laughs> then it off you pop. Yeah, yeah. nah, not bothered. Um, Bit like Arnie and it's the It's one Hummer. of those things that it could have crossover stories with a Lamborghini LM002, couldn't it, back at this sort of... It's a bit like that and became that kind of legendary streety mm. kind of vehicle. But they, they started out just being hugely capable pieces of military kit. Yeah. So that's yeah, what I, I think the development programme was extensive. You know, Sahara, Desert, Arctic... Across everything, everything and everything they could throw it at, which now the Ineos Grenadier is basically trying to replicate full ground up, you know, ladder chassis. Yeah, I can car see that. Can that. Go everywhere. This was happening in the seventies with the G wagon. Yeah, yeah. Except the, the you know the original G wagons were like a four speed manual with a ninety horsepower diesel. That's the thing, yeah, because the G wagon has changed quite a lot over the years, um, and how someone who's 
on TikTok at 10 years old saying, I want mummy, can I have a G63 or a G Wagon, please? is very different to what the Shah of Iran wanted. I would be more impressed if they had an original G because they, yeah. they were very blocky. They were built so that you could transport them, it, it, you could park them really closely side by side, so they're very flat sided. Mm. Um, they It's like it was crap. Really, if you drive one of the early ones, they're crap. Mm. But at the time, they were unbreakable, and I think that's what it all comes from. Like the, they are, they were built like breeze blocks. Well, I think we're flirting around the answer to the second question the internet wants to know, which is: Is it a luxury car? Will it? It is. It, it is now. It is now. It, it is, is now. But it wasn't there. Patently, wasn't when yeah, do you yeah. think it transitioned? In properly most well, well i think 2019 was obviously there was a big shift where they completely redid it from the ground up but and that's when they put the, actual the, seats in it that didn't yeah. break your back but yeah in 89 i think for the 10th anniversary it came with permanent four-wheel drive for the first time abs and a wood interior which <gasps> that's the hallmark of luxury Hello. surely Hello. Yeah. <laughs> so is that the beginning of it i know it hasn't quite got the whenever it got mm. electric windows is basically when i yeah. Yeah. what luxury. is luxury mm. well, it's probably when they stuck a, a, a an amg badge on it isn't it went sort of mm. yeah stick uh, a and a lot of leather yeah yeah. It, yeah so there was a reaction to the range rover at, uh, you know at certain well, it's that midway between a range rover and a defender didn't it really yeah. it was sort of in that sort of slightly misty area. But they did go sort of super looks later on, didn't they? So it became... Well, you mentioned rap videos earlier, like yes. when everybody started putting them in rap videos. Yeah, I, I was... I think the first time I was aware of one was in a Jay-Z rap video and I've been searching YouTube to try and find it, but I can't. But but it became that cultural icon, um, not because it was good at driving across fields, because it looked cool. But as Ollie said, yeah, it was that era of big pimping, yeah. Probably, well, you must have been at school in the sixth form common room. Oh, yeah. At, at, like, so 2004 was when AMG first got hold of one, and that's when they started. What was that, a G55? Uh, well, yes, but they would they put two engines in it then? I can't remember. They had that, but it was the supercharged um, 5.4 litre V8 then, and then... A, there was a G500, um, and then something else, which would be a AMG... G63. I, I just remember those cars being a bloody liability. They were awful. They were so, they were so overpowered and under chassis. Yeah, they were under just, damped. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> were just damped. they were they were chargers. They just went in a straight line, to like under five seconds to sixty, like but a Spitfire. My God, you've thought this is one step away from having a massive side jump. exit exhaust. I yeah, mean, yeah. They were naughty cars. They were quite funny. I think that's probably where the cult actually came from, if you like, for them. But objectively, they were crap. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those cars that actually dynamically crap. But yeah. interior, which, crap. Which is what made that 2019 update so interesting. I bet you that there'll be a whole load of people that were probably not even aware that it was updated because they made this very... Well, whilst Land Rover was busy trying to re, completely reinvent the Defender for, for the modern age, they just said, well, let's do all the underpinnings, keep that classic styling, slightly tweaked, but make it a car that drives... Properly. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's a car that just hits so many 
touch points quite simply because what you said what is luxury to some luxury is the ability to go anywhere it's got a very childlike dimensions to it of what you first mm. see as a car so yeah, anyone if you're a boy or girl certain age into cars not into cars you associate with it but for us petrol heads when they started putting massive engines in it it's the epitome of a hot rod and remember that they put the did the g65 with the v12 in it so that was 650 yeah, I, horsepower. I drove that. Did you drive that? In yeah. a brick. Mm. You know, so that's not dynamic, but it's cool. <laughs> it was like a Top Trumps car, but yeah, god damn, it was cool. But it was just for Top Trumps. It didn't work on any level, but it was cool. <laughs> but it yeah. was also, as you mentioned, when Jerry McGovern and others were struggling of like how to reinvent the a modern Defender, how do you modernise it? The the Well, the, the latest one, hmm. it's... I'd, it's an didn't awesome. You, you had one though, didn't you? Yeah. So I was very well. We ran a G63 and did big miles in it, and it's the same as an E class. It rides spectacularly anywhere off road, but it is an extremely luxurious vehicle now. Yeah. In yeah. Well, was, to... The interesting thing about that is they always used to have a bulkhead just behind the front seats, which, like a Defender, meant you're very upright and pew-like in the in the older ones. And for a very big car, they had a very small interior, which was always hugely irritating because you, you they were uncomfortable essentially, because they were military. That 2019 update was the only time I got in one and thought, actually, now I can see this as a luxury vehicle because I can sit in it and not have backache. Yeah. So for me, it's got to be the latest one that is the only luxury vehicle. I, I sort of agree, because I think before that, the, they, 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 the ride was appalling and the chassis was quite compromised. The interior, as you say, was really compromised in terms of the design of it and the, and the sort of kit and the feel of it. And that 29 update, 2019 update, it was what I liked is they carried over some of the absolutely the vibe, those, the vibe of it, like the, the the sound of the doors closing. <laughs> it's a it's a very oh, very weird different. No, sound, you need to give it? them a proper. You've got to give close, them a slam. A real you slam. Really got and they did slam. that on purpose, and they did it on purpose. So I spent all the, of with, that. with that long termer. I, I every time I got in. Oh no! Open it again. Ah, it's the most it. annoying yeah. feature. It's just your weak forearms. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to go to the gym. You want that, you know rifle bolt catch to go across anyway but you also want soft close because you can get it on an Aston Martin Valkyrie now that you get that hit but every time you had to close that door twice and it's infuriating but the little but you details forgive that... it. you forgive it because yeah. it's a character car so you know if it was if this was just the latest SUV They're from Mercedes you're like you want, I want this to be squeak and rattle free and perfect and everything to close flush but you would sort of forgive these kind of traits because but with that update it, it became Kardashianable I've just made that <laughs> phrase out where Kim, That'll be in the dictionary, Kim and Christmas 2023. Siblings, I don't know their names, can drive around Beverly Hills and it's fine. Mm. But also, there are three diff locks. It buttons, yeah. which are iconic to me, at the, yeah. at the front of it. She won't know what they do. They were. But when you do actually take it off-road, which all of us have, um, where the G63 is uh, slightly hamstrung with its um, lower exhaust pipes down sure. the side can go places you'd never well, think we, it would do. I actually we did haven't that. ever off-roaded a G63. Well, we did that fantastic off-road test in, in Wales where it was a Defender, G-Wagon, we had a Wrangler. And what a Bronco. The, and a Bronco. Bronco. How did it get on? Um, it, it Well, as you said, because the, the, the ground clearance, not as well as a Defender, but the just sensation... Exhaust, it was just, you were just totally you were driving, closeted. You were driving a nightclub, basically. <laughs> had pur- someone had put the mood lighting to purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> and it was a cream interior, so it felt it did feel super high grade compared yeah. with the others. Because the only one I've ever off-roaded properly was um, G500 4x4 squared. Mm. You know, the lifted one on oh, yeah, axles. Yeah. Yeah. Jumped it, rallied it around, that, and that was bonkers. And that's almost like you were saying... Uh, it's a more of a caricature of a car. 
Yeah. yeah. And they did the 6x6 as well, mm. which I haven't driven. But Yeah, so yeah. currently available, you have the G500. No, no, G, not G500. It used to be the G350 diesel. Diesel. And then you've got the G63. Yeah. And now they've done a new version of the squared, which is the portal axles yeah. jacked up. Which we're yet to drive, right? version. But, but it's, yeah, it's we've, fairly imminent. We've not driven the 63 version of that car, but we've driven the... There's a, there's a new version of that car that we haven't driven. And the 6x6, that was a very, very rare thing. The, um, no, not as rare as the... So there's been so many versions of G-Wagons over the years. Yeah. The, one of the rarest is the... Um, was it a Maybach Londolet? Oh, yeah. Where yes. the yeah, back yeah. of it... Tom Harrison was, went and drove that. He did. Yeah, Where yes. the back of it was, was just chopped off. Pricer, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the, yeah. The, the, the bottom of the, the, the food chain went to... 650 grand that car mm. somewhere yeah, yeah. yeah to drive it basically looked like the Pope in the back of it yeah so basically you can be it's uh, Adler was a Pope mobile it's like a pickup, and do you know what the Pope yeah. mobile was pickup. called they, they did one for the Pope back in they 1980 did. yeah and um, it, it had a box on the back absolutely do you know what it got caught, the nickname for that was no idea. It was the Papa G. <laughs> <laughs> Papa G, I think that's Perfect. a pizza place on the end of my road. That. Yeah, stuff crusts. Yeah, yeah. Two, one on Tuesday. All right, we'll, we'll keep moving through these because, uh, as ever, we're just chatting and answering these questions as we go along. So feel free to um, pass over them if we've already covered. Uh, are they bulletproof? Now, I assume the internet Papa want, G. wants to know. <laughs> it's a game. Uh, are they reliable rather than are they literally bulletproof i suppose military origins so you know well i'm sure all of us who would go to the geneva motor show or any motor show when they existed back before covid there was always the kind of trade floor and there would always be armored g-wagons for some despotic dictator who was just perusing the uh, the geneva motor show and yes you can bulletproof them if you want to but mm-hmm. they do different levels like all of them so there's like light arms fire and then <laughs> nuclear war <laughs> so, and so what, what are the levels between. getting a little bit shot <laughs> uh, or, or really, death they by really really want you missile. to die yeah or... though they did i think mercedes did a series called the guard which was um lightly armored mm. Um, mm. But if you wanted the heavier stuff, it's like all of them. You have to because Jag do a version of the XJ called the Sentinel. They farm them out to specific companies to armor them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but they were military in the first place, so they kind of. So I'll not bet you where they weren't bulletproof when they were no, military. They weren't. Were they? No. So not literally <laughs> bulletproof, irony. but uh, reliable. Any any problems? Depends which one I would assume. Yeah. Um, so the older Merc diesels, they've got, been through so many engines and so many iterations mm. that it really depends. Generally. Um, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, but also the you know the the engine that you get in the modern ones is you know equivalent to any other Mercedes that you can get in lots of other AMGs or just there the diesel. is a sweet spot though. There is a sweet spot for these, which was like what, what is the, the th- engine the three I really liked was the four hundred diesel. They only yes. did it, so they'd now do only do a three fifty diesel, I think, and the sixty three. But they used to do a four hundred diesel. Is that a straight was, six? Uh, I think so. Yeah, and it was a mo- it was a really pokey, strong engine. At the same Might time as doing V8, the M177. Not, no, as J- not as Jay-Z as the 63, but, no, no. but drove but better. Really, yeah. Yeah, So the 63 is an M177, isn't it? So whatever one was the original 63, the one that came out when that came out, yeah. it, that diesel We're, we're confusing each other. We're going to really and confuse and it, There was a green one on the press fleet, mm. and it was brilliant. Yeah. That's how we're going to have to so The green one is reliable. Buy <laughs> <laughs> a green one. Um, okay, when was it released? We covered this uh, 1970-something. Nine. Nine. Um, where are they made? Magnus Dyer. Well, not where you think, yeah, not where people would traditionally think they are made. Not well, by where Mercedes. Do you think they're made? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, they're farmed so, out. Yeah, yeah. They so, always have been though. That's not a, that's not a yeah. new thing. So Magnus Steyr in Austria build them and I think they've Irony. got an amazing next to the factory they've got this amazing off-road course called the Schockel I think it's a mountain mm. I've not I haven't been there but it's it's legendary is this is the test center I think Ineos have taken the Grenadier there as well because they they have is that, that way to develop the Unimog probably yeah, yeah. They all go there yeah. Too, yeah because I think it's an Ineos have taken the Grenadier there because they want to see if it has the same sort of mm-hmm. level of capability of the, as the G-Wagon and the interesting thing I always think when you look at the G-Wagon it doesn't look like it has that much ground clearance mm. and yet I've off-road been off-road in them and they are so competent well, especially if you're not in the 63 which has the the, yeah, the, 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 low the, pipe, the pipes are a bit lower yeah yeah, yeah. so 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 the diesel again gets an extra point for gets that gets extra points all about the angles that. Um, yeah, we're at the final question already, but I feel like there's a nice little expansion that we can do. What is the fuel economy like? Well, not Depends great. Which one you've got? <laughs> not great. Well, it's not oh. great in any of them, is it? Because it's got no. the, yeah, it's got the aerodynamics. Door aerodynamics. Yeah. But also, this the G wagon is a very expensive car now, regardless, because I think it starts at one forty, one fifty. But during COVID in America, especially, they were the darling of LA. They were going for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars plus. Really? Yeah. So oh, with all the, the dealer tanks that they put on it and everyone wanted one. Um, but as for MPG, with the... What did you get out of yours? Yeah. Uh, well, not a lot. Not, But I did a around lot... Around London? Well, around London. Oh, say, it's, it's, not, it's not famously light-footed. No, but no. it's also, yeah, it's 11 generally <laughs> around London. But then I did take on a long run and you can get it up to like 26, 27. Wow. I did some towing in that long term. I towed a 911 on a trailer. <laughs> did it end up it. owing you money? <sighs> it, that was 10 and a half to the, to the gallon. That was it. But I think we, because we, we drove one, do you remember we took one out to the Alps? You're, the long term went out to the Alps and we had a McLaren 720 with it. We had a, that was a good few days yeah. driving those two around. And I think that was doing like 15, 16. I got it higher because I was paying for the fuel. Uh, but also, it, I was basically living in the cylinder shutdown because you can basically turn it off. You can turn half, it off. Can you off, remember yeah. we did a feature where I got um, a load of cars and their equivalent sports cars on trailers? Yeah, exactly. It was the, the, that car, was the, G63. the SUVs that paid for the sports cars to be developed, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. That one was doing about 11 at the top of your t- test track, and that was a G63 towing um, G- AMG GT on a Brian James. Yeah. And... Yeah, that was doing about 11. But the diesels would do 35. Yeah. So if fair to say, gentle. If you're gentle. Fair they to say, definitely. unless you're coming out of a, uh, a Bugatti Chiron or a private jet, the fuel economy is unlikely to be one of the selling points. If you have to ask. Yeah. But also one of the, most, uh, the more hilarious things that you can do with one is just plant your foot because the way that it rears up in yeah. the modern G63. Like a speedboat. And then you see the heat and the noise that comes out of the exhaust to the flank to the side through um, through the side, side exit is is just absolutely hilarious. Um, and I remember we, <laughs> I think we did do a time run with it pulling something on a trailer. Yes, we did. Oh, we wanted, wanted to, like going to do a wheel. Oh, That's right. We this. wanted to see if we could make a Suzuki Jimny, wasn't it? Yes. We raced a Suzuki Jimny against another Jimny that was on a trailer behind a G wagon, and we made the G wagon with a Jimny on the to- on behind it 
accelerated faster than a regular Jimny to 60 and 100 miles an hour. I remember bricking it because I got this the whole rig up to 100 miles an hour and was like, oh, I've got to stop this thing now. <laughs> was, it, was it close? <laughs> it's was it very close. No, it wasn't no, really no, close. No, no, it it still, I mean, that, the G still did like 0 to 60 in seven and a half seconds, I think, with, what, with, with a trailer a and a chimney on the back, on the back of it. So like That's two tons on the back proper of it. It's on the YouTube channel if you want to have a look at it. Do you know what? They're one of the easiest cars to reverse with the trailer. I yeah. don't know why, but well, G-Wagons nice upright, are really... Upright flanks, yeah. nice big side mirrors. square, and they're really good with trailers. Yeah. It's also got that trailer management system the old as well ones now. don't. It's... Oh, you young children. Thinking <laughs> <of this laughs> but what I really like about it, I mean, you, we could talk about rivals to it, because it doesn't really have rivals. Everyone goes, oh, it's equivalent to a Range Rover, because it's similar money, and it's got the same sort of Mercedes badge and all that. New Defender, they'll do, they'll do Defender a V8, V8 Defender, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I still think that G-Wagon sits in a very interesting spot, because that interior design does feel, it feels really well put together, it's really, it feels, does feel luxurious inside now, really comfortable, and yet, it doesn't feel too precious to go and do mm. proper off-road stuff in. Yeah, it's a really tough feeling car. Yeah, whereas a Range Rover kind of does, and a Defender is still trying to be overtly, you know, rough and tumble. Mm. You have got the exposed rivets and stuff. It's yeah. it's a luxury what car these days. Yeah, the yeah. new Defender, but it's got those. You know, it's pointing you towards its roots. Uh, but the thing is, I would like it. I would like a G wagon that was a little bit more utilitarian with a little bit less spangle. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. don't think you can just get an unspangly one now, can you? I think they're all pretty. <laughs> no, well, they're all yeah, pretty... but just something that I could hose, not hose down. I mean, I'm not a total <laughs> dirtbag. Can you hose it down? Uh, yeah, you can. Have you ever done I'm, it? I'm not that no, guy. But you, but you know, know one yeah. without the kind of super silver. Yeah. Like, and just yeah. something a little bit. Because I like the diesel one. That that one was really good. You could have um, extended fuel tanks put in it. But also, it's probably going to separate shortly because there is the EQG coming as well yes. which is the fully electric the tank so, well, that was going to be my little segue from the fuel economy was if fuel economy is a real problem then <laughs> so why not charge an enormous battery instead but um, yeah I mean they, they've shown a concept car for the EQG it is uh, as expected, um, still a brick <laughs> on wheels, but a brick with sort of blanked off. With a bricky battery in the bottom. Bricky of it. battery yeah. at the bottom, the blanked off grills. The interesting thing about that is we, we went and drove the highest pass in Europe in a GLC, yep. 4x4 squared, mm. which was electric, with all the, some of the traction control systems that are developing for that. Ah. And fully electric, four-wheel drive, it was incredible. Well, it's already showed off one of its party pieces, and I can't remember the name of it. Tank turns. It? Tank turn, where it just yeah. spins on the spot. Because they've got independent Quite control over each motor. Yeah. You can have one side, one set of wheels on one side yeah. turning one way, and the other turning so the other way. So the right wheel's going forward, the left wheel's yeah. going backwards, and, and off you go. But I imagine can't... that being parked on the King's Road using that. I don't think they'll allow, be allowed to do it for, for production versions. I think that was a trick. Well, there's only it? one way to find out, Ollie. <laughs> Kim Kardashian in yeah, Beverly Hills yeah. doing tank turns at Rodeo, Rodeo Drive. Rodeo Drive. It's like the yeah. Ford Bronco's got a trick like that because it it's got a tight turn. I can't remember what the name of it is, where it locks an inside rear yeah. wheel. A trail so you break. basically drag it round. Mm. Yeah. And it's all, but it feels really, it feels really bad. Like the whole thing's yeah. shaking itself. Yeah. Flat spots in the tire yeah, yeah. and, yeah. you know, something's Fiddle going brakes. on. They, they use them a lot on trials cars. Yeah. So you just yeah, lock yeah. one wheel and you drive the other way around it. But if you've got if you've got a locked diff, it just explodes the diff, obviously. Yeah. But philosophically, an electric G wagon, do we care? Do we like the idea? It's not a G wagon, is it? I hate <laughs> to say it. I love EVs, but actually it's just an electrified body shape. Yeah. I quite like the idea of it, actually. Oh, I think it'll be good. I do, yeah, I, do, I quite like the idea of it. Yeah. But also, yeah, if, if we, you know, if people see it um, as it's going to affect his off roadability. Wookie, as you know, when we did, drove that EV Bronco, um, having 
minimal amounts of torque applied by each motor, electrified drivetrains actually make off-roading a lot simpler. They're incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Than revving a massive engine and dumping the clutch and praying you get up. They, they are incredible off-road. <laughs> it is more entertaining, but you, you, I think you can get further with an EV off-road. As in, not in terms of range, just in terms of the way you can apply power. Weirdly, you can hear your traction. Mm. That's a bizarre thing. But when you're off-road, sometimes you want to be able to hear what's going on underneath the car. And you sneak up on wildlife. And you can't <laughs> charge it in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that's, not, that's a problem for later. <laughs> so, there, there we go. If you were considering buying a Mercedes G-Wagon, you may well be more confused now than you were before. But it is... Get it, a green one. <laughs> get a green yeah, one. get the green one's a good one. But also, if you head to topgear.com, there is a full make, model, and reviews of every G-Wagon. We've There's also the driven. history of the G-Wagon up there. Um, loads more information that you can find out about this car. And, of course, it's got a bright and exciting future with the EQG around the corner, and they're still churning out the big, shouty, sidepipe V8 versions. So lots of life left in this car. Bit of a Top Gear hero, I have to say. The G-Wagon. Anything else? We all done? Long live the G. Long live the G. My Big G. up the G. Bye. Ha 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 ha!